to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. And welcome uh, to today's I Know podcast episode 235, uh, a win in New York slash New Jersey edition. Uh, welcome back, everybody. MJ, how are you doing? How was your weekend? My weekend was busy and tiring, but then all of a sudden on Sunday, something very satisfying happened. Did you eat a meal? Dare we ask. <laughs> uh, and it, did have, it didn't have to do with buffet, eating buffets or sex. So, I mean... We'll get to it later in the program. All right. Sounds good. Uh, and Jess is back as well. How's, how's it going, Jess? How was your weekend? It was okay. Just uneventful. You know, I was uh, house-sitting with the, the dogs at my aunt's and uh, had to migrate back to my apartment on Sunday right at the same time the game was happening. So I got to watch a, most of the first half. <clears throat> no. Yeah, most of the first half, and that's about it. Okay. And so I was well, pleasantly surprised, but we'll save that for later. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, all right. Um, well, Ragnar had his uh, second soccer practice mm-hmm. on Saturday, and the other coach um, wasn't able to be there. Uh, I can't remember. I think he's having some, having some procedure done. Um, and so I was kind of – I was trying to gird myself up to uh, – Gird your loins? Yeah, to uh, chase uh, 16, three, four, and five-year-olds around. And I got to the gym, and lo and behold, the Como, like a bunch of people from uh, boys and girls from the Como Park soccer teams were there to like work with all the kids. So it was, uh, it was fantastic. I, yeah, I got there all of a sudden. I just see a bunch of Como Park kids running around, chasing my kids around. Uh, Isa was there, um, Rodrigo's daughter. I didn't get a chance to really talk to her too much because um you know it's you know herding cats basically but it was uh, a pleasant surprise on saturday morning when i was really dreading is not the right word but i was not looking forward to chasing a bunch of kids around with you know just myself and, and a couple of parents so when we got there so shout out to como park the boys and girls uh teams for you know coming in and helping out for the day i think they were there for all three or four of the different age groups so it's super cool to see them and yeah it was very exciting so thank you Issa, and, and I shot him out on Twitter already, but I just want to do it on the podcast too. So it was fun. Good times. Um, yeah. And then I've been stuck in uh, credentials committee hell for SD 65. So don't really want to talk about it on the podcast, but <laughs> if you saw my rants on Twitter last night, um, yeah, I was, I've been dealing with that all weekend. So teacher union shit, right? Uh, no, for the, for the um, upcoming uh, nominating conventions for SD 65 and CD four. So Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I got roped into the being on the credentials committee. Um, and by roped in, I say I, vo- I, vo- I volunteered. But um, it, the, yeah. If you, if you want to talk about this, find me at the bar and I will, I will talk your ear off about how fucked the system is right now. Um, if anyone the, wants to talk polit- local politics with Zeller at the bar, he will be at Blackheart just about every fucking day. We're not gonna take it. <laughs> no, um, we ain't gonna take it. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think they, they cut it off before we have to pay uh, Twisted Sister any money. So that's good. Um, I've gotten very short in my therapeutic segment. <laughs> very good. All right. Well, let's talk about the game that actually happened. Um, it was a surprising um, Minnesota United victory. One to nothing over the Bread Bulls. As I said in the aforementioned um, New Jersey uh, parking lot hellscape, uh, that is a very, from what I understand in here, a very, very, very nice soccer-specific uh, stadium that's in the middle of fuck, uh, fucking nowhere. So, um, but yeah, Minnesota went out there and and did the damn thing. Um, we had some pre-match. We had some pretty 
major uh, roster or, or lineup news. Um, Tyler Miller was out with uh, the, with illness, um, but everybody I think kind of assumed that it was the birthday flu because um, his birthday was like Friday. <laughs> so may have been a little That's hungover. A terrible I, assumption to make. For all we know, he's twelve years clean. Yeah, we don't Listen, want to speculate, but I don't know what this birthday flu that you're talking about is, but the MGA and on Slack has been just <laughs> filled with different conspiracy theories on why Tyler Miller missed this game. Most of them having to do with that his birthday was Saturday, you know, and so and the game was, was on a Sunday. Was, like which yeah, which well, bars was, did he go to? Was he hungover? How many of you have been hungover and then the day after your birthday you're like? Yeah, I'm sick. You call in sick. You know, it could be something as simple as that. But they're also trying to hack into his phone and look at his GPS data to see if there were any George Soros-owned pizza parlors near his location. And I think ah. that's going a step too far. This MJ thinks that's going a step too far. Yes, that is going one step too far. So we did have some other slightly surprising roster news. Uh, Noah Bakai Debasi or O'Neill Fisher, they were out hurt, um, injured. I can't remember. I didn't write down what the, I think Debasi was a thigh and I can't remember what O'Neill Fisher's was. So Dotson. So we, we kind of knew that. Um, Menier, Gasper. Got, yeah. We know Menier, no Gasper. Gasper they thought might be ready to play, but he was not cleared. I don't think for concussion protocol. Um, we knew that Dotson would be sliding in at one of those left, uh, you know, um, fullback spots. We didn't, you know, we thought we would still have at least Fisher or Debasi. So it wouldn't be um, two brand new fullbacks. Um, so Dotson started out the right back. DJ Taylor came in and played left back for Minnesota United. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit about some of the, some of the major stuff that happened in the game, but I think, you know, acquitted themselves fairly well. Dotson had uh, one, um, I would say bad stretch where he, uh, we'll talk about here in a second, um, but otherwise was re really good going forward. He's, he's not one of those, he's not a great lockdown defender. Um, especially as a, as a, as a fullback trying to, trying to cover, cover ground and track backwards. DG Taylor does was perfectly adequate at, as a left back. Um, and Boxel and Coleman got together again. And I, I don't, I don't think anybody in the defense had a bad game, um, but no one was, there's lots of space for New York to, to operate it during the, during the match. So any, any other thoughts on any of the lineup switches MJ or Jess, before we talk a little bit about, um, the, the hell of a uh, Peter that St. Clair was on last night. I, I just want to say that uh, because Dotson moved back to right back, Kervin Ariaga coming back from injury, got the start in the center midfield. Right. Yep. Forgot about that. And he played, he had a hell of a game too. Um, we'll talk about Kervin, Kermagerd in uh, in a little bit. So Kermagerd. Kermagerd. Uh, all right. So let's start off um, in the eighth minute. So Red Bulls came out pressing right away that we knew that they would do that. That's the kind of team they are. They were winning lots of balls in the middle of the park. Uh, in the eighth minute, Dane Saquon has to make um, uh, amazing save on Lewis Morgan. Lewis Morgan, who had just um, had a hat trick, uh, first half hat trick the week before, uh, was team uh, was the player of the week, I believe, for MOS. He was coming in hot, and he not was. hot like not like MJ coming in hot, <laughs> and not like Jess coming in hot either. He was Amaya. Amaya saw him, uh, gave him a really good pass. He he, uh, he kind of uh, sidestepped. I, I think it was Ariaga, um, and just put a rocket on net that was going to the top corner that Dane Saint Clair um, just got a glove on and just just pushed it over the bar um, to the you know to the right of the bar and, and slightly over it. So um, definitely would have been a goal. Definitely would have shaped changed the shape of, you know the shape of the game and everything. Um, but Dane Saint Clair was on it right away. So good for him. Uh, about six minutes later, there was a penalty given. Um, about two minutes after this, the shot, the, the actual penalty occurred. It was a handball in the box. Um, Hassani Dotson, he, he, he was certainly not intentional. Um, he was not trying to, you just, he was trying to turn to prevent his, uh, the guy who was coming in from uh, taking the ball. He's trying to basically protect the ball, but the ball bounced up, hit his hand. It almost like in very slow motion, it almost looked like he was trying to dribble it with his, uh, with his hand, which he was definitely not trying to do. Um, but after the VAR, the uh, referee goes over to the VAR to watch it and gives a penalty. Um, and up steps um, uh, Klamala, uh, Polish uh, striker for Red Bulls. And he just has one of the worst penalties I think I've ever seen. Um, 
you know, it's better than that Kepa are uh, Kepa penalty from against Liverpool in the uh, Carabao Cup, but um, only because it was actually on frame. And if Dane St. Clair had dove the wrong way, it would have gone in. But Dane St. Clair guessed right. Um, he credited Stuart Kerr for um, predicting that Clamalo would go to go to his right, Dane St. Clair's left. Uh, he dove, he dove, and he just basically smothered the ball. Didn't even give it a chance to get a rebound. So that would also have been a uh, sort of a game a momentum shifter. Um, but yeah, Dane St. Clair, he's seen four penalties, uh, penalty kicks in his uh, brief MLS career. He saved three of them, and then one was skied. Uh, so the, the man has not allowed a penalty in his entire uh, MLS regular season career, which is pretty freaking amazing. <laughs> The sad part about all of this is that part of my punnery will go away because the next time he does this, it'll be five for five. And that's not as fun to say as four for four. <laughs> it is not. So uh, after that, I mean, the Red Bulls pretty much controlled the pace of this game, uh, even after that sort of momentum um, save. Um, Dane Sinclair to make a few more saves in the, in the first half. Uh, I think Minnesota was outshot like eight to one um, uh, in the first half, maybe even after this, after the penalty was saved um, rebels were, were definitely controlling the, the pace of the, of the game. Any, any other thoughts from the first half? Um, otherwise we can jump into the second half. I just want to make one small correction, David. Uh, it was actually Fragapane that over pursued Lewis Morgan to the outside okay. and let, let Morgan cut, cut in middle something that he needs to get better at. Right. Just, defending in general he uh yeah he uh he cuts on him and then Fra- I, I remember it now because fragapane basically like tries to step to him he kind of goes around him and then fragapane like backs away and to his left like away from where yeah away from where um morgan was going yeah and i think maybe it, it must have been ariaga who was was the next closest person who tried to step up but he was so far away and morgan just absolutely hit the shit out of the ball. There was no way he was going to get to him in to prevent a shot on goal anyways. So yeah. very shortly after Ariaga did the same thing over pursuit outside, let, let someone cut in, inside, except uh, the back line snuffed it before Dane Dixler had to do anything, but okay. So you might've been getting mixed up there, but yeah, I, I probably mean, was. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something when I look at the defensive shape and defensive habits of the loons in general, it's something that you need to talk about, about forcing outside, not over pursuing force, um, outside and letting them come middle unless you have help in the middle and in both of these cases that I'm talking about we did not have like center backs willing ready to just step up and fill those gaps and um yeah uh New York the uh, Red Bulls definitely took a lot of shots from outside the box uh clearly that was like part of their game plan um was to test test St. Clair maybe it was to test Miller um who I don't think is as good of a shot stopper as as St. Clair is um so maybe they were, that's their whole plan was to, to, to do that from the get-go. Um, so there's – Dane St. Clair made at least two or three saves that were on, on balls that were outside – that shots from outside the box that were on frame that would have gone in if but for, but for a goalkeeper being there. So um, clearly that was part of their game plan. Quick shots in, off a of transition. So, uh, But Minnesota, you know, for the most part, snuffed it out. Uh, all right, so we get to the second half. Um, we're not even a minute into the second half when uh, Klamala, uh has another has a has a short you know break. He's breaking inside. Um, he plays a pass across the box to a cap. Now I'm blanking on uh, for I think it was Fernandez um, who just has just has to tap it in. Just really just tap it in. Um, but Dane dives, gets his right foot out gets just basically gets his big toe on the ball and that gives it enough of a direction change where it just uh, skims the, uh, the far post uh, not going in at all. Um, and that was, that would, again, you know, we've, we've been really, we've been not great at conceding early on <laughs> both at the start of games and at the start of halves. So it was really great for Dane to again, to come up huge with another, another big save. And that was, Full extension looked like he was almost doing the splits. I, I think there was some some air <laughs> underneath there, but like he he was fully extended. Um, great boot save for him. Yeah, for sure. I was so excited to see Dane starting. At, like I was almost hoping that perhaps maybe somebody on the management staff 
might be considering, you know, doing some more rotation uh, between him and Tyler Miller to keep Dane's, you know, road ready. Hopefully, I mean, that's optimistically my hope, but, you know, proof in the pudding. Yeah, I doubt that. However, any, anytime he has a good um, a good game like this, that ups his that ups his asking price for for Minnesota United. So, which is already apparently pretty pretty high. So good. We'll see. Uh, so yeah. So uh, uh, just a few minutes later, uh, Minnesota United scores the only goal of the game. Uh, again, it was off of a uh, corner um, that Reynoso hits. Uh, it goes uh, over the goal. Um, two dots and it's it's not quite i'm not sure if a red ball player got on the on onto it or not but was not cleared yeah mj if, if anything it went off lude's head lude, lude was was boxing his guy out and then yeah was able to if, if it went off of anyone it went off his head to sinclair or yeah sorry, i didn't i don't Watson. yeah i don't think it i don't think it hit anybody but if, if it did yeah you're right it, it great it grazed somebody's head pops out to hasani dotson on the right who um he's runs into on it and just basically with a, a, an amazing cross back um, across the box. Um, and Luis Emery hits it mid volley, mid air, um, just a volley, just an absolute, um, it doesn't, it doesn't look like a, like a, like a worlder, you know, it looked, it looked like a pretty pedestrian goal, but then you watch where he hits the ball. Um, it's in the air. He hits it in just the only, the only spot where there's no defenders. There's no, and the goalkeeper can't get to it. Um, it was just an absolutely perfectly taken ball uh, by Luis Emery who, didn't have a super great game. Um, I mean, he again wasn't bad. Uh, he had a really great pass. We'll talk about in, in a little bit. Um, but it was otherwise pretty pedestrian match for him and and start to uh, the season for him. But it was an absolutely um, fantastic shot from Luis Amaria. I thought cool. it was better than any cross I've seen Metnier take in the last year. And it was this is not. This is not going to be a hate on Metnier rant. This is just I'm just saying that it better not be. Good, good crosses. Come at me, bro. Good crosses, Jess. Don't get offended. Good crosses from this team in general are, have been hard to come by. Yeah, and it was it was it was a tough one too because he was running onto the ball um, and had to take it pretty much right away. So he wasn't it wasn't like the ball fell to him. He was able to settle it and and cross it. He had to come running onto the ball um, and basically took like took that hit the cross in stride with his with his running sort of at the ball. So it was a tougher a tougher one I think than people you know like to give, um, you know, give people credit for. I mean, I'm not saying anybody was, you know, ragging on um, Dotson for the cross, but it's, it, it's not as easy. And, and the finish from Amaria is also extremely, extremely hard. So it was a highly technical, um, yeah, out of the air, highly technical goal. So good on Minnesota. It seems like this is something they're practicing and um, yeah, if so good. Uh, all right. So then we get a, we get a flurry of um, uh, Dane St. Clair saves here, including um, a, Point blank, one on one with Aaron Long, who gets like, as a defender, strangely enough, gets uh, slipped in behind uh, Boxall and Coleman, and basically has the ball. Uh, Dane comes off of his line really, really well, uh, and makes a just an amazing um, just body save. Basically, Aaron Long is not able to get a shot, you know, cleanly off, but that was just because Saint Clair was big, very big. Um, I, I was freaking the dude is six three. He's like he's a big he's a big boy. So. Um, Aaron Long, not so long. Not, yeah. Uh, a couple more saves in there. And then in the 75th minute, Minnesota, uh, Robin Lute actually um, breaks up uh, the Red Bulls' uh, possession in midfield, makes a really great play, who was able to get up to Kevin Ar- Kervin Ariaga, who also makes a really great play, play to sidestep the Red Bulls' defender. He hits a perfect pass to Amaria, and Amaria and Reynoso are basically going in two-on-one. Um, Amaria plays a perfect ball to, to Reynoso out on the right. And right now, so just hits it right at uh, the Red Bulls uh, goalkeeper. Just hits it right at him. Um, it should have been two nothing at that point. Game should have been well, well and over. Um, but that was a, I mean, that was just some great team play from Lou to Ariaga to uh, Amari to Reynoso. I know earlier, earlier Reynoso had had a chance where he didn't see a second defender coming in, and everyone was just saying just use his right foot. And he was actually trying to do something much more clever than that because he thought he just had the one defender to beat. And only MJ knows because only MJ is just as clever. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I'm not that clever. It's just that Reynoso thought he could cut middle because he thought he had that space. How do you know? No one, no one told him 
that, hey, there's this second dude coming in, and he's going to take the ball away from you. But everyone was criticizing him for not having a right foot. I was just like, I'm more criticizing him for not having the awareness that, that a second defender was coming in or that other teammates weren't telling him, you know, two on, you know. So Yeah, man on. The, the, the goal that attempt that David was talking about, all he had to do was either use his right foot or lift it over the keeper who was extended and, and couch potatoed on, onto the pitch. But like, because the goalkeeper made himself big and, and, and long, not like Aaron long, you know, it was a save. We sit here and criticize easier said than done. Right. Like right. Oh, I've sure. been playing and I'm like, I, 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 Oh yeah. I just need to lift the ball over the goalkeeper. Yeah. Right. I just kick it right at him. So um, yeah, but it's, it, it was, it's frustrating because I think he's, you know, Reynoso does so much to help out everybody else. It'd be really nice for him to have a decent goal, you know, seven or eight goals this season, in addition to all the assists that he's going to have. So, um, you, you don't, it'll come, like it'll come. We're I getting think... over Reynoso. What? Sorry. I feel like maybe we're getting over Reynoso. No, no. I other mean, other I mean, teams are, are... getting tired at this point after being like superstars, you know, and scoring and kind of being king of the hill. And he's like kind of like diddled around so far. I think he is um, he is best when he is facilitating for others, yeah. um, which is what he's doing. So I, I don't I don't think it's like we're getting down on him or anything like that. Or I think other teams have have figured out how to it, during the run of play contain him. No, they can't. Right. They can't do that on set pieces on corners and things like that. That's where he's still really freaking dangerous. But yeah. I think enough teams have, there's the book out. So he has to, um, if he wants to, and if he, this is, if he wants to, right. If he wants to be a person who can score seven or eight goals in MLS and he absolutely can, and absolutely should, should for this team. Um, he'll, he needs to, he'll need to change up his, you know, his approach a little bit. Um, however, just, like we have, if we're, if we're finishing our chances, we actually have some really good attack, like attacking attack minded players on this team. Um, so he doesn't have to be, it, it's, it doesn't all have to fall on him in terms of goal scoring, right? The creation needs but to. But don't you think it, he misses it? I don't know. I don't know if he does or not. He never, he was, he was Since never one to score. we're not completing the chances? He was never one to score a ton of goals. Even, even in um, Argentina, he did, he didn't score a ton of goals. He, he, he had a lot of assists. Um, Wasn't he our, like one of our top scorers, if not the top scorer last season? No, no, no. That's no, that was Robin. Yeah, Unu and, Unu, and Unu, Unu actually. Unu. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think I, he, I, think, I think he had like four or five goals last year. He I, he did have definitely did not have more than five for sure. So um, and the season's young, right? It's only three games in. Um, he's gonna score from set pieces and from uh for sure he'll score at least two or three goals from set pieces this, this year. Um, maybe even this weekend with San Jose coming to town and their crazy ass man marking system. Um. I think Reynoso can feed on that. So uh, I, I don't think we're, I'm not worried about Reynoso in terms of um, his uh, production. Uh, it would be nice to see him score just because, you know, I don't think he'll ever get any sort of consideration for MVP if he doesn't score seven or eight goals. Um, and I think he is one of the best players in the league. So I think he definitely deserves it. So that's really, it's only, you know, selfishly for me, for him wanting to win awards and, and stuff like that. Cause I'm, Sure, there's probably bonuses in his contract if he wins shit like that. So there should be negotiate always, <laughs> always negotiate not just your dollars but also your terms. So after that, um, the Red Bulls had so we're still talking about the game, had a lot of op more opportunities, uh, at a couple of uh opportunities in stoppage time. There's a lot of ticky tack following, um, players yeah. flopping around at the end of the game because they uh, uh, wanted to um, uh, try and get a penalty or try and get a, a free kick. So, yeah, so, but Minnesota holds on um, four minutes of stoppage time and win the game. They, I know they've beaten the rebels in New Jersey before, but we stopped the rebels. The rebels were top of the Eastern conference uh, through the first two games with uh, six points and a plus five goal differential. So we beat a really good team, a team that, you know, should theoretically challenge for top of the East this yeah, year. We definite odds were not in our favor yeah so we are um so that's great so we are at one oh and two through three games we have five points um which is i'm trying to just easily pull up, pull up the western conference 
So the mute, mute button is for MJ. <laughs> um, so we're currently in uh, tie for uh, sixth place with Portland uh, on five points. And we have um, a really, really bad San Jose team coming to town this week. So an opportunity for us to, to gain some more points. I feel like we usually underestimate San Jose. Also, they and they have... Aren't they, they have, scrappy motherfuckers? They are. They, they also have one of the weirdest or best dressed managers out there. And in addition, they've picked up both Frankie Calvo and Jan Gregouche. We'll, ta- we'll talk about San Jose in a little bit. Let's, let's finish up on this game. Okay, um, okay, okay. I'm <laughs> So we need to talk about John Tolkien's flow. Um, oh, and what, boy. What, whatever died on his head uh, bef- minutes before that match kicked off. It was, it was peak have- Minnesota hockey here for sure, but, but without a doubt. Is that what he was going for? Because I, I, I didn't make the reference. It just looked bad. It looked like I, nouveau I, bad. <laughs> I don't know what he was trying to go for. Um, I at first thought with the name and everything, I, I thought he was like, um, I thought he was like South American, um, especially with that with that do. And then I looked, you know, looked him up and he's an American kid. He's like 20 years old. I was just like, what in the... It's, anyways, if you haven't seen, if you don't know what we're talking about, go find a picture of him from, you know, if you can went from the game last night. Oh, As I, I, look, I can, I'll find you some pics. There's yeah. other, there's other, other pictures of him. It was just, it was, it was insane. So, so for the Red Bulls, he's a local boy. He's a New Jersey guy. Okay. You okay. Know, maybe, maybe he had the wherewithal. Shout out to the New Jersey library systems. What's up? Maybe he had the wherewithal of like, hey, Minnesota high school hockey tournaments going on. The boys hockey tournaments going on. I, I need to make sure by that weekend, I got the flow going on. Yeah. I don't know, man. This it's like the sides were shaved and then, but it was like a mullet. It was, it was, it was bonkers. It was um, leopard print. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the other person I wanted uh, t- to highlight here really quickly. Um, and we talked a little bit about him is that is Kervin Ariaga. That dude might be really freaking good. Um, really? Eli, yeah, Eli Hoff yeah. Uh, had a had a uh, had a Twitter thread from last night showing about four or five uh, passes that uh, Ariaga makes, including the first one, which is in the first half. It was a pinpoint pass. It went through five past five Red Bull defenders. I think this. I think I think MJ. This is on the Reynoso uh, first opportunity where he got. Um, yeah, he got. Played off, you know, play off the ball by uh, a Red Bull defender who you didn't recognize was there. But Ariaga makes a um, absolutely amazing, amazing pass through five defenders. Um, ball doesn't, ball stays, you know, it's not like it's the ball's like he loops the ball over defenders and onto the on rushing. It's it's on the ground pretty much. So, um, and he he had some really great passes in the first game too. So I think if if that's a if that's a tool that he consistently has then we don't tool. mind that he's a tool that we don't mind he's a tool but that's <laughs> an, i'm kidding that's something that um no I, I agree it's um but that's something that minnesota like had for a little bit with jan gray goose uh that first year that jan, that jan was here mm-hmm. um he had some of that very amazing pinpoint passing where he would just hit it and hit then we it beat and, it out of him put the ball <laughs> on a platter yeah so if <laughs> If that's a tool that Ariaga has in his toolbox, I think that's speaks that's going to be really great for Minnesota for their attack because then we can we can spring the attack from um, you know behind the midfield um, if we can open that open it up and that will open more t- teams up more for us for Reynoso for um, for Agapane and for Amaria to work their their magic um, when teams don't have to be when teams are compact in that middle of the park and we we can't get the ball up to Amaria. Uh, without mm-hmm. Reynoso dropping all the way back to you know to the the two, um, then that's that's where we have problems, and that's where we give the ball away in the midfield. Um, we turn the ball over and and we give quick counters, things like that. If we don't, if we have Ariaga, who we know who can hit that pass and punish teams, um, that will be amazing for for Minnesota. I love punishment. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do our let's do our Freddie Adus, um, MJ. <laughs> Why don't you start since uh, I kind of stole your thunder on this one? Oh, uh, you do not. You do not. Uh, everyone knows who I would pick as my good Freddie Adu 
if I was not trying to spread the love around. But we're going to try to spread the love around. Let's just say I, I started since I, I put together the agenda. I just I picked Dane St. Clair. I don't think we need to say much more about him. He was amazing. Um, he made eight amazing saves. His positioning, watching as a goalkeeper, I like to I like to watch their positioning. It seemed a couple times um, in 2020 he would make these amazing acrobatic saves because he was not in he, his positioning wasn't great, um, and so he's big enough and quick enough he could get get to a ball that he, you know he might not have been able to get to if he's a slightly slower, smaller goalie. Um, I thought his positioning uh, all all match was really good. So um, that's the good Freddie to do. Dane St. Clair. He's obviously the obvious one. MJ, let's talk a little bit about this guy who definitely deserves some love. Well, as David just said, Kirby Nariaga made a lot of great passes. He also, I thought, dribbled into space well. He doesn't dribble out of congestion well, but when he knows where the space is and he has time to look up, very good at, at dribbling to – Safe, safer spots or taking the space that he has. Defensively, I criticized him earlier. Okay, and cut and restart. I criticized Kevin Ariaga earlier because he let someone cut in inside on him. He also almost had a own goal towards the end of the game. But defensively, he's not horrible. And that's our standard. People, even by my standard. It, I hear a lot of people saying, well, for a six, yes, <laughs> he's not good defensively, but he has the speed to make up for it. I was like, no, 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 no. Yes. He makes mistakes and then he tracks back and uses his speed to make up for it. But he also is not positionally just having the soccer IQ of a 16 year old. He obviously, you know, he's 26. He's obviously understands something about positioning and how to defend people. So I think Korea gets my best for you to the game. Wow. Cool. Um, all right. Do we have, I mean, I don't really have a, a, a terrible Freddie do. Um, like I said, the, the back line, you know, made some mistakes that Dane Sinclair had to step up and make some saves. Um, but I don't think anyone, you know, if just Dotson hadn't make that uh, amazing uh, assist uh, to Amaria, he probably would have got it just for uh, getting, giving up the handball. But again, I don't really think that was, there was not much more he could do on that one. Um, other than maybe not slip like he did, uh, right before that, uh, obviously, you know, he's not as comfortable as, um, as a right back and rightfully so he doesn't play there very often, but if he's going to start playing there a little bit more, it'd be nice to see him shape up a little bit more defensively. So I guess, you know, if I had to give it to somebody, I would give it to somebody from that back line, but again, I think it was, they were, they were salvageable. So, uh, MJ, who do you got for terrible Freddie Adu? You know, despite that, I think... Heath went in with a good game plan, and I thought defensively we were like we were defensively okay because we had St. Clair behind us. I'm not saying the back line didn't do anything or the central midfield or the didn't do anything defensively, but there were some good blocks, there was some good clo- closing down of space, but essentially defensively it was St. Clair. And so for having a bit more of a porous defense against what we knew was going to be a young, fast team. And also, again, not to bring up like the fact that Quiznos really isn't in business anymore, but we, really you have Trap and Reynoso both on yellow cards. You have Trap and Fragapane playing, coming back from injury. And you wait till the 72nd minute to slub in, uh, Shangwane for for Fragapane, and then your next two subs are in the 85th and 87th minute. Now, he's back to his old ways. I, I like the subs, right? Rosales, a more defensive player for Amaria, a more offensive player. Great sub. Why the 85th minute? I mean, certainly, certainly, personnel doesn't dictate tactics all the time where. Oh, like we should stop. I like the fact we're not going to just try to bunker for the last 20, 30 minutes. We're going to actually try to waste time and Hold get the ball down. Hold on, lose play. But I, it's just like, why 85th minute, 87th minute? Bring, the, bring fresher legs on earlier. Maybe we can score another fucking goal. I, I don't, yeah, obviously, MJ, I don't disagree with you. And, and, the subs were the right subs just at really strange times. Um, 
I mean, I think we've seen Heath get burned on trying to like trying to bunker. And so I think he's just, he's reticent to do it. Right. So um, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, I could see, you know, like I said, you're right. You, you're right. They were, they're the right subs. Just again, the, the timing was very, very strange. But I'm saying you, you put Rosales on for Amaria, even though that's a more defensive sub, you don't, the players don't have to bunker you know, in the 60th or 70 something minute when, when Rosales subs in, they can still play a more attacking aggressive style with fresher legs. Yeah. I mean, but it doesn't sound like he wants them to do that. It sounds like he does want them to sit back, like Rosales to sit back and bunker. Um, right. So it just, it's weird. That's because that's Inti's safe place. <laughs> he, he, he got outside his safety comfort zone when he subbed so early in the previous match that when things were looking dicey and we're facing like a draw or a loss, it must have felt like he's he's reflexively reverting to his I'm going to sub very late because last time I subbed early and it was bad. Yeah, it's uh it's it not it was not great, but you know, again, no harm. I mean, we got the points, so for the Heath lovers that listen to this podcast, one, why are you listening to this <laughs> what podcast? are you still doing here? But I don't but think two, we have any. I will I will credit both Heath and the players for the win. And and to say that Heath had nothing to do with that win is a disservice to our coaching staff. Right, for sure. Okay, well, we have a new segment. Uh Jess is gonna do, give us her uh post match hot or not review. Um, so this is gonna get spicy, <laughs> I think, most weeks. Um, but Jess, why don't you uh, take it away? So, pre-pressing record, uh, we were talking amongst ourselves, and I said, well, you know, I realized in hindsight that my favorite part of Freddie adus was when we did them for the opposing team, and specifically the negative adus for the opposing team, and I like doing the positive adus for our team. So, um... I've, I've rebranded uh, basically negative Freddie Adu's and positive Minnesota United Adu's into hot or not post-match review. Without further adieu. <laughs> hot. Getting our first W of the season as the underdogs on the road. Fuck yeah. Now, Fuck yeah. Like that was a surprise because I had uh, my not seen the end of the game. That was a surprise that like brought a little tear to my eye. Not John Tolkien's haircut. <laughs> Hot. Dane St. Clair's pitch perfect darting shape. Not John Tolkien's die job. Hot. Reynoso's corner kick ending in a goal-scoring set piece. Not John Tolkien. Final thought. My least favorite footballer hairstyle in 2021 was the man bun or the messy man bun variation. My front runner for 2022 is now the leopard print Farrah Fawcett headband look. And I am eagerly awaiting the next matches of the spring season. <laughs> oh man, I think this is. I think this segment's a winner, Jess. Just I'm not gonna lie. I think it's short think and it's sweet. Really good. So yep. All right. Uh, some other United news. So that's anything. Any any other last points or anything on the game? I think we we pretty much talked it over. Um, yeah, guys, give me your your hot or not feedback as well. Tweet at me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so uh, very brief other United news. Uh, the Loons signed Devin Paddleford. Padelford. Um, Padelford, right. That's right. The Dell. Padelford. Strong emphasis on the wrong yeah. syllable. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it was it was pointed out that it's, it's Padelford. Yeah. And unlike the Paddleford boats, which are something in. Uh, Score North the... is never going to get this one. Yeah. Um, so we signed him to a homegrown player uh, deal through 2024. <laughs> Um, with two club options for 2025 and 2026. Uh, he's originally from Maplewood. He, goes, he went to White Bear High School, Woodbury High School, not White Bear, Woodbury High School, 
um, and then played for, I believe, the St. Croix Academy. Um, he was an attacker. He's been, when he joined the Minnesota Youth Development Academy, he, they moved him back to a, 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 like a left back. Um, so that is where he will be uh, with Minnesota. So it's, it's interesting. He signed with Minnesota United um, as a homegrown player which gives them a little more fle- cap flexibility or, you know, uh, cap flexibility as mm-hmm. opposed to signing straightly with the Minnesota United two, mm-hmm. my guess is he'll, he'll play. Um, and so that, you know, this, it's all just like roster shenanigan, MLS roster shenanigan stuff. My guess is he'll play most of the games uh, with Minnesota United two. And, but you know, we've had a, a rash of fullback um, issues. So it's, <clears throat> very real possibility. He might, you know, at least make an 18, uh, for for the Minnesota United first team at some point here in the next uh, next few weeks or so. So he is also the first signing out of their new youth development academy system, which is like a part time um, uh, part time thing where they play with the uh, tournaments and some practices with the team, but they mostly play with their high school and club teams. So <clears throat> um, he's the third o- overall homegrown um, after uh, Fred Emmings and uh, Patrick Wea were the first two. So this is the first one out of their new new youth development academy. Hopefully, many more. Uh, and then Dane St. Clair. Oh, well, let's let's just see how the new youth academy number one goes. Then yeah. we can hope for many more. Oh, it's a, it's a it's a um, it's a good sign that they're that they're actually getting some players just that they can sign out of it. So, um, all right. And then uh, Dane St. Clair was named to the as the goalkeeper on the team of the week. And was also named Player of the Week. I didn't. I guess I missed the Player of the Week news. MJ, is that that just get announced relatively soon, or uh, sometime this afternoon? He's right. the first Minnesota United Player of the Week since Kevin Molino in 2020. Wow! Cool. It's, it's been it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. I was gonna say it's uh, been a minute, but then I realized that would be incorrect. Uh, all right. Better than old Loon. Um, we'll be talking about a couple of uh, former Loons in the, in the second half of the podcast. But uh, MJ, do you have anything for us this week? I just wanted to point out that uh, Darwin Quintero scored. He was named to uh, Team of the Week as well. And he scored a banger of a goal. He, yeah, beautiful goal. Uh, you know, I don't know how far away it was, but it was a beautiful banger. Mm. Houston gets a 2 1 win. I do not care that they were playing Vancouver, who looks like despite all the improvements that people thought they were going to have looks like still the old Vancouver Whitecaps. So, <laughs> same old, same old. But yeah, Houston beats Vancouver 2-1. Uh, Quintero get, gets, gets a goal. So, uh, you know, I'm happy for once to loon Darwin Quintero. Yeah, good for him. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk some uh, local soccer as well as talk about the upcoming match against San Jose on Saturday. Whoop, whoop. We'll be... We'll be right back. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to. But we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, and we are back. We're going to talk to very brief local soccer uh, news. Um, Some stuff was announced with uh, regards to. kit sponsors and things or kit uh partners uh and then we'll break down the san jose uh earthquakes match on saturday so let's start with uh, minneapolis city um mj they announced that they are partnering that they're going to be opening up a club shop again for the first time and who they're partnering with right correct they announced that the new club shop partner is with stimulus athletic they had a very humble club shop down in south minneapolis and they don't have a lot of other details. They said that they're coming, but they they are close to signing a deal and getting that ready to announce. I'm looking forward to this. It's just nice to go have a place to go and talk with people about soccer or randomly buy city merch you can't afford. <laughs> yeah, that club shop over in South was really cool. Um, it was a, I mean, it was a small space. But they would show matches on, you know, have matches during the day with and have donuts and things like, or you know, on the on the weekends, um, and events and stuff there with former players and former um, Minnesota Kicks players. They also did a lot of really awesome stuff out of there uh, when the pandemic hit, um, including like like bagging lunches and doing things like that as well. So it was it was a club, it was a you know it was a merchandise place, but it was also 
a place for the community, which was really cool. So and uh, George Floyd, the the outreach after that, they yep. they right. did a lot of community outreach with diapers and food and yep. Yeah, I know that they were helping with like childcare and things like that early on in the pandemic um, with people who couldn't, you know, couldn't work from home or didn't have a setup or whatever. So it's yeah, they not only do they sell really cool merch um, out of the club shop, it's it's also just a destination place um, for community as well. So hopefully that is able to continue happening with their with their new one. And Simulus Athletic, if, if people don't know, they are the the Jersey provider for Minneapolis City. Um they do a lot of, they're a locally based company. They do a lot of, uh, was it Geese Mora is the one who um, founded it, MJ? May, or is that, I can't remember. There was, a four, I think a former Minneapolis City player um, is one of the sort of the, you know, founders of it. So um, it's very cool. Uh, Minnesota Aurora dropped some kit news. Uh, the, that, who they'll be partnering with for, for their kit. Um, MJ, who, who we got on that? Just today, uh, Minnesota Aurora tweeted out that Hummel, which is a Danish sports equipment company, will be doing their kits. Uh, the, Hummel is founded in Denmark in 1923. So, um, Hence the Hummel 1923. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were originally um, founded in, in, in Hamburg, Hamburg, Germany, but they're, 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 ba- they're based in Aarhus, Denmark now. So, um, I do know that they also have a, a, a U.S. Uh, location where they do um, a lot of their they do some of their um, shirt manufacturing and stuff. So I, I think that is also part of the reason why, um, I mean, Aurora has a really interesting, you know, cool design aesthetic and, and, and uh, badge and things like that. So they really want to make sure I know that they, I know that they had talked to, <clears throat> they talked to all the local ones, um, you know, the, all the, the, the regular, you know, your normal um, uh, potential equipment, uh, providers um, and Hummel was one that really checked all the boxes. So um, they, I think that that kids can be very cool. I know. Um, I think this is public information, but it's in addition to having the the regular, you know, their their two, you know, their their regular kit and their and their change kit. They're going to have a goalkeeper kit, um, especially after they signed Sarah Fuller and all yeah. of everybody was all over that. They are going to have a, a a goalkeeper kit that will be available for sale too. Which as a goalkeeper um myself i absolutely love because it's you goalkeeper kits especially with mls teams are they're just, it's basically there's like f- five colors and they're all the same kit there's just different logos splashed on them so having a cool goalkeeping kit um for myself personally to, to play in would be will be super awesome so um i'm looking forward and i hopefully they'll be dropping those soon at least one or, or two of them um i don't but i don't know if there's any a timeline or if they announced a timeline for that at all so in addition to the basketball and rugby and handball teams that they make kits for, just in soccer, uh, Coventry City, Everton, Middlesbrough, uh, Southampton, to name a few, and in Germany, uh, Köln and uh, Hertha. So they they make some kits. Uh, they make kits for some Korean teams, uh, Portuguese teams, Scottish teams. So they're all around the world. And Colton does a really cool um, uh, Oktoberfest kit every year, which is like super colorful and, and just uh, really interesting designs, which bodes well for, for Aurora that they'll, that they can do some interesting, cool, cool stuff. So, all right, let's move on and get to the last bit of uh, the podcast here. We have a match coming up on uh, Saturday. They're coming fast, fast and furious Woo-hoo! at a 7, 7 PM at home. Uh, against San Jose, hopefully it won't be nearly as cold or wet as it was for the, the match uh, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago. Um, so uh, Minnesota is uh, should be favored in this one. I'm just pulling up the pulling up the odds here. Yep, they're minus 145. Uh, San Jose is plus 350. Uh, draws <laughs> plus 290. So um, odds makers definitely think Minnesota, it's Minnesota's game to lose. So which is good. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about some of our um, the opponents that we'll see. Obviously, we have to start with first and foremost Matias Almeida, uh, who is occasionally the best dress coach in the league, often and sometimes the worst dress coach in the league. Uh, he's his. It's really weird. I mean, we I know we've joked about San Jose on the on this podcast in the past. Um, they play a four-one-four-one man marking, like complete total man marking system, um, and so 
they do a lot of running. Um, and you know, we joked uh, about Frank Frank Calvo going there, and you know, him. This might either be the perfect system for him, or like the most insane system for him. He scored a couple goals already, courtesy of uh, Jan Gregu's set pieces. They came back mm-hmm. from a, a an insane three three draw a couple like not this past week, but the the week before. They were down three uh, one. They were down three one, and they in the literally with the last uh, touch of the game, Calvo got a second header, and in the span of less than like eight minutes, like he scored right at like the, at the 90 and they scored again, like eight minutes later for um, off of a header, a set piece that Gregus wasn't taking with Minnesota. Once we picked up Reynoso. So if he's back to doing, you know, good things with set pieces, that'll be something that should be a little worrying for Minnesota. Um, but Matias Almeida is, is not playing. He's on the final year of his contract, which is very rare for uh, coaches um, to be playing um, without a contract. He said some stuff in the media that makes it seem like this is definitely going to be his last year. Um, he's also said some stuff that implies that it won't be his last year. Um, who the hell knows? Like they've spent a lot of money for this guy, but they don't seem to have gotten, at least not in the last couple of years, gone after the, the pieces that he's, that he's asked for in terms of higher quality, non MLS players. They brought in a lot of MLS players over the course of the last couple of years, um, presumably to, you know, try and slow down MLS teams. Cause you know, say what you want about San Jose. They are a fun team to watch if you're a neutral because they score a lot of goals and they get scored on a lot as well. And their <laughs> style, unlike every other team, I mean, most of the teams in the league play a certain, a generally a certain one or two ways. Um, you know, there's lots, it's a MLS is very much a copycat league. Um, whatever's working, you know, for the best teams, it's going to try and trickle down. Um, San Jose is, is the polar opposite of that. They have their system, they're going to do it by hook or by crook. Um, they don't, if they don't have the players, it doesn't matter. They're going to go out there and run. Um, a, a classic example of this, um, uh, another Minnesota connection, Minnesota uh, born and raised Jackson Ewell, who by all accounts is a, you know, a pretty decent six or an eight, probably more of an eight. He's playing as a right center back for Matias Almeida this year, which is absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> like um, he's a, he's, He's he's been a, a starter for the U.S. men's national team um, as a center, as a center so, mid, as a center mid, uh, and yet he is uh, he's being deployed as a right center back for um, Matias Almeida. I don't want to take up too much because uh, I want Jess to uh, uh, talk about um, Frankie and Jan uh, a little bit. How much you adore those guys? Um, but is there <laughs> anybody else that I'm missing? Um, I, we, we talk, we talk about the goalie and everybody else, but yeah, what's, what's start MJ, why don't you start? Well, Jackson Ewell was one of the players that was overlooked for Abu Denmati when we were drafting players in the super draft. That same super draft was also someone that Portland took, uh, Jeremy Bobasi. Uh, Portland ended up having too many strikers and not really knowing what to do with Bobasi as a winger or a striker. So Bobasi is now on the, Right, uh, San Jose Earthquakes, and Abobasi is someone we should watch out for because he knows how to score fucking goals. <laughs> so we should watch that guy. On the Minnesota connection, someone we haven't mentioned, Tommy Thompson. His dad was Greg Thompson, who went to Stillwater and played for the Minnesota Strikers in indoor back of the way. And so uh, Tommy Thompson has a Minnesota connection, and he's part, somehow part of the homegrown. Um, he doesn't have any San Jose connections, but I guess they got him into their youth academy rather, rather. Cool. All right. Now's the time, Jess. Frankie Calvo and Jan Grey Goose. What um, do you got? Um, I don't. Uh, I mean, I re- only, I only just feel really positive, sunshiny, and happy thoughts. Uh, you know, heart hands vibes about Grey Goose. Calvo. <laughs> that's as honest as it gets that's no that's fair um he started uh and i think played every minute for almeida so far so almeida clearly i think likes the guy um like i said the first week he was definitely responsible for two of the goals uh that were scored i think one of them might have even been an own goal and then like i said he scored two goals uh, he, he got credit for two for two goals it wouldn't be hard to be a bigger Calvo fan than me. Let's just 
Um, I'm sure he is going to want to, he's always plays for some reason really well against Minnesota. I, I mean, I know the reason why, um, because he felt like he got short, he's a here, which, is, bastard. which is insane. Um, <laughs> like when, when we played Chicago, I know he all, he was always up for those games. Um, so I really hope he he's up for it and he, uh, he gets uh, a, like a straight red in like the first 20 minutes of the game or score. I know, hope scores. it's not because he's like, you know, taken out the Achilles of Reynoso. Fair the, enough. The weird, yeah. The weird thing about this is Gregush and, and Calvo only played seven games together due to when Gregush came in and when Calvo got benched not when he left because he he benched he got benched for a couple of weeks yeah but, yeah they, they ended up play, playing uh seven seven games to, together Cabo still has the i believe it's 2019 our our one of our first games of 2019 either the home opener or season opener has has one of my favorite loon, loon goals that he got forward on the guy can score um which raises the question is being a center back the best position for him? Yeah, I mean he he plays as more of a does he play more as like a wing back for um uh for uh Costa Rica? No, I, I think he, they have him at center back now too, but I, I he was okay. he was at left back for Costa Rica for a while. Okay. Yeah, I mean it clearly he wants to play center back. I don't know. He he doesn't want to play defense, which is, you know, odd. Um but yeah, he will get forward. Um, like I said, maybe like maybe this system is the perfect for him because he can be that. So in the man marking system, there's basically um, you, you have your ten guy, your ten outfield players, and basically nine of them are marking somebody at all times, and then yep. you, know, you have one sort of floater. Um, I, I guess I haven't watched the San Jose game yet. Maybe I should maybe I should go back and, and watch some highlights or whatever. But maybe Calvo's float sort of like working as the floater which gives him the opportunity to get forward a little bit. Sometimes um, maybe that is a system that he actually enjoys. He doesn't have to like focus on one person or like a zone. He can really just focus on just go get the ball. Um, you know, whoever, if there's a, if there's a man running, but again, the guy doesn't really like to run. So I, I guess I don't know. It might be in the sense of, it'll be interesting to see. Cause I also have not seen them play. I've just seen highlights in that man marking system where you have, nine people covering other people you're leaving one of the opposing center backs or deep lying players open they can do whatever and then you have one deep lying person usually a center back who doesn't have to cover anybody it'll be right. interesting to see if calvo's that person that's kind of the sweeper who's back there who doesn't have to cover anybody and just reads and reacts to the play or if he's given license to go up and chase a body around because like david said he doesn't like to run yeah um, I think one of my uh, all-time favorite goals happened against San Jose. Um, it was Michael Boxall who basically made a, yes. a, an entire uh, field run and uh, the, the scored a goal. goal. With the, the the earthquake. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, right. He bounced off an earthquake where right, right to him, and he was in on goal, and just it was like everybody. I think everybody's like just that was because that was in that was in no was that in that must have been was that in San Jose. Can't remember if that was in San Jose or not, but I mean, everybody I was around. I think it I was because like, I feel like I was at the black card for that game. Everybody yeah, I, just co collectively like held their breath for the the ten seconds that Boxel was just running with the ball at his feet. And you're just like, what the fuck is he gonna do? Is he gonna score? And then everybody just lost their shit. Um, so yeah, Michael Boxel might have an opportunity to score a goal as he's often the the one that is um, left unattended uh, by the by the man marking system. So. Uh, then the only other player I will mention is JT Marcinowski, who is the goalkeeper for San Jose. Um, and that guy, I mean, it must suck to be the goalkeeper for that team just because they get you, they just get so many shots. Uh, oh my god! On and they are they're coming off. I was just looking at their preseason and season so far, and they have not done better than a draw. Yeah, they're one draw and two losses. Um, that one draw was again the. the Got Grey Goose Calvo special that happened twice. Um, but even in the preseason, oh yeah, they didn't no, do better than a draw. They're they're bad. Um, they are they could easily be the worst team in the conference this year, I think. Um, especially if Matias Almeida just you know gives up and it says fuck it, well, I'm gonna play Jackson Ewell as a right center back. So, um, all right, so Minnesota United, obviously, I think we have a, a pretty good track record against San Jose. Uh, for some reason, yeah, our four two. 
our four, two, three, one likes to cut open the San Jose, um, uh, defense. So I, I think that's good. Um, you know, we, I don't think Minnesota United does anything differently than what they normally do. Uh, we haven't but, beaten them since 2020. Everything else was a draw. Okay. Yeah. So I think it, this is going to be an exciting game regardless. I'm really glad it's at the Wonderwall, uh, or, you know, there'll be an, an alliance, um, that the Wonderwall will be, did you guys also, I, we didn't talk about it last week, but did you see the video of everybody in the Wonderwall in the concourse, like during the lightning delay? Like, just no. Oh singing, yeah. Yeah. Dance, like, like raving? Dance party. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was awesome. You so, see, this is when we could have used a flash mob, a flash lightning flash mob. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we're not doing that again because it's lightning or whatever. And hopefully it'll be, like I said, a lot warmer um, and, and a less lot rainy. more synchronized and choreographed. Yeah. So that's, it was, just, it was really, <laughs> it was really great to see. Um, and I know Bridget McDowell, um, former guest on the podcast, she wrote a story about it. Uh, I believe soda soccer, which is a new, if you're not, if you're not familiar with soda soccer, they just, they're they kind of like the, the 10,000 pitches, um, sort of root brand relaunch. Uh, they have like, um, John Marthaler, uh, writing soccer stuff for them, which is really cool. Eli Hoff, um, who you mentioned earlier, Eli Hoff and, and, um, the yeah. little Evertonian Jeffrey Rusher. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's, that's a cool, I mean, it's, it's kind of what the 55 one, um, the writing side was, um, where they're doing some, they're doing some features and, uh, game previews and things like that. Um, that's very cool. I, I subscribe to, uh, to the RSS feed, so I get their stuff in my my um, RSS reader um, whenever it gets posted. So definitely check them out. Um, uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, anything else before? Um, oh, we, who's gonna win the game? Um, I think the Loons. I think it's like a three-one um, Loons victory. I'm gonna say it's closer than that. I'm gonna say it's three-two Loons victory. All right, Jess, who you got? I'm gonna take three-one. To the loons, to the good guys. Yeah, duh. <laughs> all right. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, I can't wait to see. Wait, wait, everybody. wait, wait. Oh, <clears throat> what did, somebody's got to keep track of these predictions and follow up. What did we predict? I, I think I predicted last week that we would win against. Yeah, I think you did. I predicted um, a loss. I know that. I think I can't remember if I picked pictured a draw or a loss. I know I was I was more pessimistic. Oh so. my god. Let Good job, Jess. Silence. Good job. Someone wants to go back and listen to the podcast. They can figure out how we've done so far. MJ said New York Red Bulls 3-1. I did. Yep. I, someone has defeated my notes. I don't have those type of hacking skills, so. It's Google Docs, darling. Everyone yeah. has those hacking skills. Um, in any case, I'm going to take it upon myself to start recording as of right now. <laughs> um, okay, so or David, you can do it. I well, whatever, we'll figure it out. Um, okay, yeah. cool. All right, well, I can't wait to see everybody um, at uh, Allianz yeah. on Saturday. Me either. It's my first home match of the season since I wussed out, and I'm extra super special excited about it. And I'm bringing my best friend Bree. Shout out to Bree. She never awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'll be at the black cart beforehand. So everybody wants to swing by and 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 hang out for a little bit and like head to the hours. stadium. Yeah, no, not 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 this time. Probably trying to, trying to uh, ratchet it back a little bit. My my day soccer drinking. So um, savage. Yeah. So uh, all right. Well, um, thanks everybody for listening. Don't forget to uh, rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. Uh, Patreon.com slash Dave's. I know. Um, How do you feel about hot or not? Hopefully, yeah. How do you feel about how or not? Let us know at TIKMN on Twitter. Um, we are, I promise, we are trying to work on something for with the Patreon. Um, beer wise, uh, Christian has been renovating his house, so he's been him and his wife and his kid have been living out of apartment and not at or their house. Or season twenty twenty two could be the Patreon embroidery season. <laughs> we'll figure something out and we'll let you all know once we once we do that. Uh, you can find me at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui, and Jess is at uh, Jessica one four four. 0839 or 2. We have been the Daves You Know. This is the Daves I Know. All right, see y'all this weekend. Son.
as you do yours, land here, become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Son, son, son.